Blog Talk Radio. listeners with all the podcasts that this show goes up on 
our reach is worldwide, and it's all because of you, ladies and gentlemen. This is your show. It is not mine. It is you, the listener, and it is you, the guest. And I am so humbled and so appreciative, and I thank you very, very much. With that being said, there's two ways you can get on this show, and it's real simple. You can come on as a guest, whether you're an artist, you have a passion, you have a platform, you're an author, you're a musician, politics, religion. You just want to talk for an hour. I don't care. That's why we call it off the chain because we never know where the show is going to go. Or if you want to become a sponsor for the show, and I'm not in it to get rich because God knows I'm not going to get rich, but it gives you a chance to be heard, contact me at Off the Chain Radio, and I will tell you how it's done. And with that being said, I'm going to start the show off with a couple of our um sponsors and then we're going to get to this marvelous show that I cannot wait to get into because I'm a opponent of this gentleman's belief. So let's start with our sponsorships and then we will get on with our guest. You guys may know Amy Law. She has been on this show. She's a comedian and an actor and she lives in Atlanta. She has a unique outlook on life. Most people hide their failures, but Amy wrote a book about all of hers. It's called The Book of Failures. The book opens up with, I have been married for 20 years. Not to the same people, but 20 years nonetheless. The book talks about relationships, how hard it is to blend a family, and just how just funny failures of everyday life. This is so relatable. Everybody needs more laughter in their lives, and I so agree with that. Buy it for yourself, for a friend, or for an enemy that's going through a hard time. The Book of Failures is available at Barnes & Noble and on Amazon as a paperback ebook or as an audio version. Book of Failures by Amy Lyle. Get it today. And, and yesterday, we introduced a new sponsor called Howard Levine. He has a new book out called Last Guest. Fred Tishy's niece is dead, one of thousands of victims of a terrorist attack, which has been led of Islamic radicals by right-wing U.S. government. Frank, based on a chance encounter, is one of the very few people who question the government's explanation. He's a Vietnam veteran who wants nothing more than to live without further controversy or conflict. Can he and his grieving brother Rob, a detective with the NYPD, obtain the necessary evidence to uncover the truth in the face of scorn and incredulity? Can they overcome their long-term estrangement to work together, given that they are putting their lives in danger? And last gasp, a novel that resonates with today's politics, the answer to these questions unfolds in a way that mingles personal and societal issues and intertwines the past and present while moving relentlessly forward. That's Howard Levine, The Last Gasp. Now, if you're into audiobooks, ladies and gentlemen, there's a way to get free audiobooks with one caveat. If you go to audiobookonepromotions.com forward slash adopt an audiobook, you can get new releases and audiobooks of every genre. All the audiobooks are free with the caveat that you post a review once you've listened to it. You just simply listen and share your thoughts. That's audiobookwormpromotions.com adopt an audiobook. J. Traveler Pelton has released two books, Kai Dante Strategium. It is the Oberlin family, and they are back with a vengeance. Kai Dante has been told she needs to run for president, but she and her brother Micah have to figure out how to save the world once again before they all die just using a puzzle. 
And then her second book, Clan Falconer's War, is a fantasy set in the future medieval times after the big war. Lucian thought as the youngest son of the manor, his future would be as simple as a land-owning farmer who raised good horses and went up to the manor to visit the family for holidays. However, through a massacre of magic, his simple acceptance of a quiet life was going to come to a roaring end as he ends up leading the forces of his clan and the kingdom against an evil greater than any wizard had ever faced, an evil led by his own brothers. Will he, his clan, and Falcon Crest survive the war? The Shea Traveler, Pelton, ladies and gentlemen, Dante, Kai Dante, Strategium, and Clan Falcon's War. Get those at Amazon. Now, Diane Moat. Who has also been on the show, and thank you, Australia. Y'all are still our biggest listener base. To put her number one in your country as a number one bestseller, she has a series out called the Sam Holden series, and Sam Holden is our favorite vigilante. The third book in the series is called Dog Bones. Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Well, Sam double lives, her friends, and herself. Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat wherever ebooks are sold. And if you want to get started on this series, ladies and gentlemen, Dog Gone, the first in the series, is now free. Go to Amazon, look up Diane Moat, and look that book up. And with that, I want to welcome a new guest to our show. First time on the show. I don't know if he knows what he's getting into or not, but we'll have a lot of fun telling him. Bill Protzman. His volunteer work has included board positions with guitars for vets in the San Diego Veterans Coalition. He has been instrumental in connecting hundreds of military service members and veterans with honor tickets to the largest healing music organization in town, the San Diego Symphony. Organizations like Consumer Action, the Society for Financial Education and Professional Development 211 San Diego and the American Music Therapy Association have all been delighted with his presentations. So go online and you can read his articles at Fox News, Your Tango, The Good Men Project, and Psychology Today. Go to the Episcopal Community Service Friend to Friend Clubhouse and you'll find Bill teaching at-risk at people how to use music for self-care. For his work in his music as self-care, Bill received an Inspiring Hope Award for Excellence from the National Council for Behavior Health. You will find his first book at Amazon, More Than Human, The Value of Cultivating the Human Spirit in Your Organization. And now he is here to inspire you all, delight, and talk about how to use the power of music as a tool for self-care. Welcome, Bill, and this is one of my favorite subjects music i cannot live without it oh, thank you yvonne thank you thank you it's great to be here so all my levels me. can we just do a, a quick level check you hearing me okay out there oh, you're fine you are perfect you are absolutely Fantastic. in fact you're better than most of them that come out here <laughs> so let's let's just for the sake of the the audience because the way i promote my guest is is what we do is not our brand. We are our brand. And people want to know about the person. And I am, when I did my deep dive on you, which I do on all my guests because that's my nature, I find out little little nuggets. You started playing piano at a very young age. Can you believe that? Mom was a piano teacher. And I, I have photos. I don't remember this, but I have photos of her 
holding me on her lap on the piano bench, you know, putting my hands on the keyboard. Uh, three years old, right. And she became an expert at teaching young kids, like really young kids, and did it well. Um, it's such an amazing thing. Not, you know, that you're going to take every young kid and turn them into a prodigy, but that you can actually affect your life in so many ways by learning music, particularly a musical instrument. You've got the motor skills going and the, the ears are engaged, so you know what a good sound sounds like, and the physical stuff is there to help you make that good sound, and the eyes are there to read the music and watch you know, the example of your teacher as she plays or he plays the piano, and you can follow that example. It's amazing what little kids can do. It just blows me away, and mom was really great at that. Before she died, she had a studio of, oh, I don't know, maybe half a dozen uh, preschoolers learning wow. to play as well as the older students. Like for, older for her meant they were in elementary school. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So she was inspiring. To be able to take a child, well, children that age anyway, Bill, they're curious. They have oh, this yeah. insatiable desire to want to know things and they're, they have no fear for the most part. Oh, yes. They're re- ready to try anything. And, and to start them out that young with the discipline of learning music, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is a discipline. I, I was in the band from the time I was in fourth grade till I graduated, and you're right. Learning to play a musical instrument takes all of the senses and then some to be able to do it well, much less to start out what toddlers almost sit and your fingers barely reach the piano keys. To learn to play a piano just blows me away. Oh, it's it's it, it's kind of you to say so. It isn't that hard. You you made the point though with discipline, you can do it, and I really believe that anybody can learn how to play a musical instrument if they're willing to practice and uh, you know put some discipline around it. It doesn't take much. And by by not taking much, I mean if you want to have a satisfying experience. A piano is one of the easier instruments to learn, but you could also pick up a kazoo and have a satisfying experience, right? That's true. <laughs> Without a lot of practice. Or a juice harp. Or well, a yeah. juice harp, even. Tambourine, because pick up some drums. Anything. You know. any, 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 I do like, I don't know if you've seen the video with the spoon lady. She makes music with a set of spoons yeah. and does it beautifully. Can you believe that? So anything, yes. I mean, she's amazing. And with her someone? whole body gets yeah, and her whole body gets into this rhythm of her spoons and the and the music and the movement. At what point in your life did it dawn on you that music is not only for entertaining purposes, but it also can be used and should be used to help someone heal mentally, emotionally? physically, spiritually. How did you get involved in all that? Well, the the sort of progression of awareness of what music does uh, is one that's been with me most of my life. Uh, the earliest experience I have is one where I had graduated to my second piano teacher. And there was a, uh, you know, piano recitals. You all go to these piano parties and the kids all play. So we had one of these for her because she was moving away um, and all of us would have to find another teacher. And I was last on the program that day and I played that beautiful uh, Largo from the new world symphony. Somebody gave it words. It's going home, going home. And I, a very simplified version of that, but I played it 
And after I finished, I bowed and looked over at my teacher, and she was smiling and, and applauding, but something else was happening. There were big tears coming down her face. And I remember this so distinctly because I was confused. How could you be happy and sad at the same time? You know, I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old, something like that. And, and, and this confused me, but I had this vague idea that it was related to the music. And over the years, I've had so many more of that kind of experience. And, and when they happen, I want to know more about why they do. And of course, you know, it's been, well, more than 50 years since <laughs> that day. But I've, I've learned so much more about how this thing we call music, the sound and the rhythm, uh, affects us physiologically in a way that we just can't resist. We can't help it. You know, we're built to be sound receptors and we're built to respond to sound. And whether that's, you know, the sound of a gunshot that makes us tense up or the sound of our mother's heartbeat that is very soothing, um, we are just made to respond to these sounds in ways that keep us healthy and safe and happy. And, um, you know, when you have a response to fear or anger, there's, there's safety going on with that, too. There are certain things we should be angry about and be afraid of, you know, and, and our primitive brains respond to that and help us uh, in our way to do what we need to do to stay well and safe and happy. There's a lot more to this, of course. And just to sort of put, the, put, the, put a period on it, music is so important to us as human beings that neuroscientists use music to study what happens in the human brain. That's the best stimulus we know to be able to take a look at what's going on in our brains when sound uh, encounters our ears. It's fascinating stuff. Oh, that would be a study that I would really be interested in because there's, as you were talking, there were two um, mantras that come. One is the siren song. You know, the, mm. the, the sailors would, would hear the siren song and crash into the rocks. And the other is music to soothe the savage beast. And then that brought to mind the gentleman playing the piano to this elephant. Oh, who, I'm so happy you've seen that. That's so incredible. You've got yes, to put that in the I, show notes so people can I, I see will. it, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because the elephant was depressed. And, and ladies and gentlemen, animals do get depressed. They, they have emotions like we do, and they express them if we're wise enough to listen. But he would go and play for this elephant. And you could just see the difference in the elephant's demeanor. Yeah, yeah. And and that's like, I forget what music he was playing, but it's Western music, right? It wasn't weird in any way. It's something no. we'd recognize. Exactly. And and the elephant just responded to it. It's it's that's why we sing lullabies to to babies because yeah. it, it it's like you said the neurotransmitters just sort of to be in this frame of mind anymore. We have this wonderful ability to connect with each other. And obviously through so many of the videos, you can see a guy plays trombone for sheep and the sheep come running yeah. and somebody else is playing for cows. But we have this ability to, to connect at an incredible level over sound uh, with all kinds of species. I, I think it's fascinating that we love to listen. We humans love to listen to this song of the whales or the, the chirping of dolphins, you know? There's something about that that's, that, that resonates with us. And we may not be able to articulate it, but there's a connection that happens. 
And and would it be fair to say that that when we hear nature's music, that mm-hmm. we respond in kind? For instance, if if we're let's say we're on the top of a mountain, and there's a slight breeze because the, the seasons are changing, and you hear the wind blowing, that in is itself is a musical sound and we respond to it yes yes very much uh, that there's um I, I don't want to get too deep in into the science on this but there are recordings out there of things called binaural beats and basically what a binaural beat does is it plays in one ear than the other like a very quick flip between left and right stereo and that sort of energizes us and when you hear the wind blowing and rushing over your ears, like the sound you'd hear in a seashell, that roaring sound, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those binaural beats, when you hear them, sound like that. Although there's much more going on scientifically below the surface, that's the experience. And it's so great to hear that sound. I love the sound of wind in the trees in the forest or the seashore. Um, just those, those subtle nature sounds are so soothing in so many ways. Are the birds singing? To me, that is one of the most birds, beautiful yeah. sounds in the world. I it's, once got involved in a. Uh, I'm sorry to take the conversation this way, but it'll be right back. I once got involved in a project uh, doing some computer programming for a scientist. We didn't have neuros, neuroscientists back then, but he was involved with doing brain research at a, at University of California, Irvine, and he was a colleague of a guy who'd studied the Mozart effect. So I asked him, I said, what, what about this Mozart effect? And he says, ah, that's hogwash. He says, you get the same effect from bird song. <laughs> there you go. There's your tie-in. <laughs> I love it. And it, 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 it makes sense because when, when, when we stop and, and I think Bill, part of it is when we listen to music, part of our brain has to literally stop whatever it is it's going on in there mine stays so convoluted i never know what's going on but but a a certain part of the brain has to stop and focus on that music whether it's nature's music whether it's man-made and listen not just hear it but the unconsciously we listen and it it changes the entire demeanor that we're in at that point in time I agree with you, Yvonne, and that's the biggest challenge I have is how do you effectively get people to sort of stop and take care of themselves? I mean, really, because it takes effort and time and focus and intention and all those things that we have so little of these days, <laughs> you know, they're in short well, supply and we have to parcel them out. But how do you do that, that note, your own good? On that note, that, we're going to pause. And I'm going to run a few quick ads, and we're going to come back and talk about that because that will bring us to a um, a tie-in to something that that you have in in our that I have in my notes that I want to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. This is off the chain. I'm your host Yvonne Mason with my guest Bill Protzman, and we're talking about one of my most favorite things in the world besides running, and that is music and how it is for self-care. And we're going to delve into that some. This man's amazing. We will be right back. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. 
You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Our horse is your new best friend. Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree. It's a hoot. This is Jade. And this is Winona. Wow, it's been a busy summer. Yes, we have new books. I think we have a new audio book. And I thought Divorce Was Bad with Other Life Lessons. Why is that title such a mouthful? I don't know, but you can hear that mouthful on Audible and on iTunes now. And that will take you through Life Changes, the Highs and Lows of It through Pop Poetry and the literary life guide. So remember to check us out. And no, I don't mean a once over, but then my narcissism said, well, maybe check me out once. And then look at the rest of the website at andrethought.com. <laughs> you can check out the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything that we're doing on that website, andrethought.com, just because you didn't get it the first time. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to say bye from Winona and Jade and our website. Okay, is this going to be like a running gag? Yup. AndWeThought.com. Bye-bye. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. 
Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, I call him music man, Bill Protzman. He's also an author. This man is absolutely amazing. Started playing piano at three years old, at seven, eight years old, Was figured out how music affects psychic of people and creates all these emotions. And from there, he has taken music to a new level. Bill, let's talk about that. Because we were talking about how the music affects people and how it's used in therapy and why it's necessary. And in doing that, it has been used to help people who are suicidal, to help people with Alzheimer's and dementia, to help people that are struggling with physical, emotional, and mental injuries, uh, stressed out business people, parents, caregivers, how do you incorporate all of that and use music as the tool to give these people the, let's call it relief, that they need so badly in this day and age when we're so rushed we don't know our name half the time? Wow, what a great question, Yvonne. I'm I'm thrilled to be, to be able to give you an answer. Uh, the way that you do it is to make it a part of your daily practice. It's great to have music in the background. There's always some sound in the background. But just bringing your focus to a piece of music can really allow it to work on you. And uh, people always ask, well, what's the best music bill to use, right? What, well, the best music to use is music you love. So um, let's do this live on the air, shall we, if you're game? Sir, um, absolutely. What's the song you're feeling right now? Just pick a song that's near and dear to you that comes to you right now. Let me see. Um, how about How Great Thou Art? How Great? Oh, perfect. Okay, so it's always fantastic when you get a, like a soulful religious song because there's so much packed in there, right? There's so much uh-huh. in, involved in that. So um, if, you, if you, anybody's listening and doesn't know this song, go to Spotify or Pandora or someplace and look up How Great Thou Art and just let it play so you get it in your head. But Yvonne and I are going to work with hers, uh, with what's in her head on this song right now. So, uh, so first question I always have is when you hear how great thou art, wh- Yvonne, wh- how do you feel? What's the first feeling that comes up for you? That I am not in charge. That there uh, is someone else yeah. who knows the big picture that's totally in charge. So you have a sense of peace about that? Yes. And, it, and uh, relaxation, you can relax into the knowledge that it's not about you. It's something else is, in, is pulling the levers. Absolutely. Isn't that a wonderful thing to be able to feel that sense of peace? 
it is because with with things that that and and the backstory of that bill is is I have a husband that's dying. I have just oh, lost my yeah. mother. I lost mm-hmm. my my granddaughter three years ago. I lost my father three years ago. I lost my sister seven years ago. I could become a very bitter woman, but I'm not in charge. Yeah. There's a yeah. there's a big bigger picture and and when you listen to the words to that song, when I in awesome wonder, you we I realize, I understand that there is something greater and bigger than me and I don't have to be in charge. I don't have to wonder why did my mother die? Why did my why is my husband dying? Because it's all part of the bigger picture. And it's okay. That is really huge. And oh, first of all, let me say, I'm so sorry because loss, I lost my father last year, is loss is, is tough. It's hard. Yes. You know, and, and we need a way to allow that grief to sort of come up in, and not overwhelm us, but come up and allow us to let it go, right, so, to, so we can right. move ahead. And, and you're talking about having moved ahead and how great thou art is the song that sort of helped you to be in that place. And when you need to remember that, that's your go-to song, I'm guessing, right? It is. That is because there is a, a there is something greater than us. And I am oh, the center yeah. of the world's universe. I am just a little piece, even a, a microscopic piece of the universe I'm not the only one that has had to suffer loss I'm not the only one that's ever grieved I'm not faced death since I was five years old from different people that I loved it is part of our life and I grew up singing that song and hearing that song so even as a child I understood that there's something greater than me out there and they're in charge. And when I turn those worries and those fears and those the the grief and the loss and the anger and the why me Lord, yeah, over to that over to God and say how great Thou art. You've got this. I don't I don't have to worry about it because everything so is for, okay. For people who aren't familiar with the music of How Great Thou Art, I'll just say that it's um, it's a it's a song of praise, but it's not a fast song for the most part it's more slow and contemplative yes it allows us space to be able to to consider very deeply what's going on with the lyrics with the words now here's a question for you yvonne if the music for how great thou art were to be fast and bubbly and and you know sort of more of a rock and roll beat or something like that which i've heard it played that way too um would it have the same effect on you probably because like I said, I grew up singing that song in worship. Yeah, it's I part grew, of you, right? It's part of me. So no matter how it's played or how it's yeah. sung, I still have that same feeling of peace. Now, the, the the song that I absolutely have an affinity to, even though it's a beautiful song and, and it has a great message, is Amazing Grace. Because from the time I was a little girl, at every funeral I ever went to, that's the song they sang. Oh, of course, right? And it's like the it's the anthem for civil rights. Yes. You know, all over the world it seems to be that way. And everybody, if you if, if you haven't heard Amazing Grace, I can't imagine there's probably a few people out there who haven't encountered it yet. But 
these melodies seem to be something that uh, musicologists, or as I like to call them, musicalologists, uh, with a hat tip to P.D.Q. Bach, have studied this stuff, and they found that those melodies exist all around the world somehow um, from way back without a reasonable explanation of how that could be. So you've got people in the Pacific Islands that know the tune to Amazing Grace and people in Western Europe that know the tune. Of course, we know it on the bagpipes. Um, Mm -hmm. Indigenous people in the United States, what became the United States, indigenous native cultures had this tune as well. How is that possible? You know, it's, it's a fantastic thing. But the interesting effect of Amazing Grace and How Great Thou Art and a lot of other songs that are in this same sort of genre is their peaceful, inspiring, um, opening up to a higher power. They have this in common, no matter what the words are. And that, that takes us right true. back to something in the music that, that makes, that unlocks us as human beings to that potential. And that fascinates me because once you know that, you can use it. And and once you understand that the the words to these songs, and even a, the affinity, even with the affinity that I have for Amazing Grace, the words are powerful. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they have a lot of power, and and the same with how great they are. Um, there's another song that comes to mind a lot. In fact, the 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 day before I got the phone call that my mother had been found dead in the floor, I was got a song stuck in my head and I could not get it out. Ah, yes, the earworm. Yeah, and it was called Jesus is tenderly calling. Mm. Now I don't tell, and but but was it a premonition of of the phone call I was going to get? less than 12 hours later, I was singing that song over and over and over again, and I could not stop it. Yeah, it was there for you. It was. And so when I got the phone call, I was okay because I I have known for months the call was coming, and once I got over the initial Stanley found Mama dead in the floor, that's the brother that's retarded. Once I got over that initial shock, Yeah, you you were already ready, in a sense. Yes. So that you've you've touched on something that's so important about this self idea of self care using music, which is to have music that's ready to support you when you encounter something that triggers you. Um, and triggering could be triggering to sadness or triggering to joy. We often hear about it in the in the not so nice sense of triggering to fear or anger. But there's all of those things are triggers for us, and music can be there to help us move through sadness or to um, play our joy or, in many cases, to help us move through fear or move through anger if we have that music in mind. And most of what I wind up teaching is to help people to deal with the more uncomfortable emotions, the ones that we don't like so much, right? Right. And there's nothing wrong with them. They're just a chemical reaction. But we really don't enjoy being afraid. We really don't enjoy being angry. And we don't really enjoy being sad either. But it seems like sadness is more, um, it's easier for us to deal with. So in my teaching, what I wind up doing is explaining to people, first of all, we need music for all of these emotions. We experience them all. 
So let's build up a little uh, toolkit, if you will. Let's have a song ready or two where if something triggers us to anger, we have music to allow that anger to move through us without it harming anyone or hurting anything. Same thing for fear. And then, of course, for sadness, which we've been discussing here now, and obviously for joy. You know, you want to have happy music, too, so that when the time comes, you can, you know, whistle a happy tune or whatever it is that does it for you. <laughs> the music that you started us with, um, Pharrell Williams is just the most amazing happy music guy out there. And that song, Happy, oh, wow. That just does I it. I love it. That just does it, I yeah. See, I played that. That's why I played that song, because I knew I was having you on tonight. And to me, that was an important song to play. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. It sets the tone. And, yes. you know... With respect now, so there are some people who don't care for Pharrell Williams and don't relate. And that's okay, because it's the music that each one of us love that's the most powerful music. So another part of the teaching is to help people uh, love songs that are connected to deep emotions that they would rather not feel. Does that make sense? Absolutely. it's, It's new for many people, so I want to make sure it's connecting with you. Um, we could try that if you're not afraid to do this. Um, look, choose either fear or anger, Yvonne. Let's work with one of those. Which is what shall we use? Anger, fear. Let's see. There's not a whole lot I'm afraid of anymore. I've seen the dark side of fear, and it's not really yeah. there for me. Anger. Um, what makes me angry is people that are intellectually stupid. <laughs> Oh, what a wonderful comment for today, especially. (laughs) I mean, they can be as intelligent. They can be as intelligent as Einstein and be as intellectually stupid as a bag of rocks, and that that, makes me angry. (laughs) There's anger. Okay, so you need a you need a song to support you in this anger, which is also, as everybody now knows, uh, somewhat funny. I have, by the way, discovered that the clearer I can be about feeling things, the better. Because there was a time when I was growing up where we couldn't, we weren't, we couldn't be too angry, we couldn't be too scared, we couldn't be too sad in my household. It was a very narrow emotional range. So when I got angry, I got depressed because that was allowed, right? I could just stuff uh-huh. it. But the other thing that happened was um, I learned how to laugh when I shouldn't. <laughs> and yeah. And, instead of like laughing at things that make me angry, now I get angry at them, but I get angry at them in a healthy way. And I do that by supporting them with music. So let's ask about the, the thing that triggers your anger. Is there any music that comes up that you love that's connected to that? And it might be funny music, you know, it might be, that's fine. I'm good. with Yeah. Um, One of the things that comes up is um, Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens. Okay, help me a little further. Okay, the Mississippi Squirrel is one of them. Okay, I've got similar kind of music that I go to, a guy from New Orleans, but we won't talk about him yet. Um, is it like silly music? I'm going to try to look him up here. Yeah, as um, okay, the Mississippi Squirrel. Ray Stevens talks about this little boy in this song, and he finds this squirrel, and he puts it in the box, and he's going to the Self-Righteous Baptist Church down the street. Well, he's going to show this squirrel off to his friend, but the squirrel gets loose in the church, and all of a sudden, all these people are getting saved, and they're confessing to sins they never committed. <laughs> and it, it's, 
if you ever hear it, it will make you fall down laughing because it is absolutely so funny. This is exactly what I need because there's a dearth of laughter, you know, these days. And um, music is a great way to be able to engage with that. And And I love the fact that we get to sort of an advanced level here where we're talking about the emotion, anger, connected to songs that are funny. And I'm going to say it doesn't matter. The idea here is to be clear that you are angry and to allow that anger to play out through the music. So a visual of that squirrel running through the church while during the altar call is priceless. <laughs> a- absolutely <laughs> priceless. And, when, you, um, when, you, when you look up the lyrics and you hear Ray – now, Ray Stevens is a comedic – musician anyway he's oh, sure. a comedic lyricist so when you when you think of my intellectual stupidity anger and you listen to this song it will it will fit isn't ray stevens the guy who wrote uh, the streak yes the same one. Oh my gosh of course okay so i know that song from way back but uh yes. it's so great that he's around and doing other funny things so yes i get it and um oh if you're listening, go look him up. He he is um, he, he's priceless. <laughs> he is priceless. <laughs> he Mississippi is Squirrel priceless. got it right here. So mm-hmm. when the, when this music when the anger hits you, something triggers you, you get angry. So Yvonne, you put on this song. So here's what's happening as you listen to that song. Physiologically, you're basically like taking a shower and letting that mm-hmm. anger just right through you. And the good thing about that is that you don't hang on to it. And it doesn't fester and build up and cause other problems later on. You let it go. And that's a great thing to do with emotions that we don't want. After you recognize that they're there and why, to let that energy that, that's triggered by, the, um, by that thing, whatever turned it off, you know, brought your anger up, to let that go is a really healthy thing for us uh, human beings. Tamping it down, well, keeping it bottled up, that's not such a great thing. Well, what happens is when you can let that anger go, it slows down the heart rate. It yeah. slows down the blood flow. It slows down the lung capacity. It slows down the the neurons that are sparking up in your brain and you want to go out and probably punch somebody else or worse. But it, it makes the entire body come back into a balance the various things that we do to ourselves. There you go. And, you know, there are many people who spend all of their working lives um, in environments that are full of fear and anger. Yeah. And, they're, you know, the people that say, yeah, that'll kill you, they're right, it will. But it doesn't have to if you have a way of being able to process it and let it go. I think of the people who answer the tech support telephone calls that I make. And, you know, I'm not a very angry person when I call them, but can you imagine answering a phone every day knowing that somebody on the other end is going to have a problem? <laughs> All I can you know, say is go with God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you can fix it, great. You know, if you settle them down, great. And I was that guy for a long time. I was answering those tech support calls. And, and I loved it because I built relationships with people. You know, we had, a, we had a good time over the issues. Even though they might call up angry or frustrated, uh, we were able to move it to a place where, um, where we could reach a solution. And that's what having a, a toolkit full of music does for you because you're able to quickly allow that anger to run through you and, and you're ready to deal with the next thing without being all agitated about it. 
Yeah, because anger makes one tired. It makes one extremely mentally, emotionally, and physically tired. And that's energy I don't have to spare. Yes, yes. You're so fortunate you get this because, and, and maybe it's something that comes with just like being around on the earth for a while, as you and I have been. Um, but I know little kids, going back to the three-year-old, who respond to music in such a way that you, you know they get it without having had it explained to them. And I think it's such a, a wasted opportunity to not take kids through some form of music somehow. And for most of us, um, whatever is available in the public school system. So I, I played the marching band too. I couldn't play the piano. I played the saxophone, but I was in it. They had the program available. Uh, that's not something that is really out there these days. Mm-mm. And uh, what a shame because being able to engage with that when you're still, when your brain's still young and forming is, is it's a rare opportunity. You don't get that ever opportunity again in life. Later on, you have to work harder to be able to uh, dig in on a mechanical and a physical level with music than you do when you're young and where it actually can help you form the neural connections in your brain that, that are easy to form at that age when it's all just and new and fresh. It, Bill, would it also be fair to say that when one engages in music, whether listening to music, discussing music, or even playing music, that it teaches one also social skills that oh, one, one might not ordinarily get. Working with veterans uh, learning to play the guitar opens up the possibility for conversation. It's not something that you do intentionally. It's just being around music makes us connect and trust in a way that we wouldn't without that music there. And it's just, it could be listening to it. It could be making it. Drum circles are a great way to make it. Um, for a while in our family, I have three stepdaughters, we would all drum together. And drumming helps you to know somebody in a way that nothing else can. It really, there's just nothing like it. When, when you go and you teach this thought process, which I absolutely love. I told you this, I've been waiting on this show. I feel like I've just opened up a dam here. How receptive are people to this new way of thinking, especially in companies? Because companies say, oh, they don't need music. They're there to work. Well, you can't be productive if 12 hours out of a 12-hour day, seven days a week, and you've got to get things done, 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 done. How receptive are they to, to you saying, hey, wait a minute. These people need this music in order to be more productive, to give you what you require of them? Well, there is a certain level of resistance um, in America at any rate. Uh, But the good news is people are using headsets and uh, a lot more. When you walk around corporate America, if they're not on the phone, they're oftentimes listening to music, and I think that's phenomenal. I, of course, want to know what they're listening to and whether it supports what they're doing. (laughs) But um, the the resistance comes in a very interesting way. Although music therapy has been around for a long, long time, it's only recently started to do the kind of research that will be useful in a wider uh, scope. That is, music therapy has been focused mostly on clinical interventions for, as you mentioned, autism and dementia. Um, There are some amazing things being done in, uh, in research with music therapy now that are sort of allowing we musicians 
to say, yeah, see, I told you so. That's We know how this <laughs> stuff works on us, right? We've been living it for a long time. So the science is catching up. And, and in the corporate world, um, the resistance comes from the way that structures are in place to only allow evidence-based um, therapies to enter the workplace. Um, that is, we, we have finally now appreciation for things like yoga and acupuncture that we didn't have 20 years ago. Um, so music is coming. It's not quite there yet. The idea of using it as a self-care tool, however, is is ancient. People have been doing that for a long, long time, and there is tons of anecdotal evidence dating back thousands of years that supports that practice. So it's not really anything new, but it might seem new because as we get more uh, scientific evidence to support these things, it becomes more and more accepted in the West, that is, uh, Western civilization. I'm, I'm encouraged by that, but it is interesting to be able to go into a, a business and say, by the way, did you know that unless you do something differently, what you're doing now might kill you? <laughs> Look at our suicide rates, you know? Exactly. We have... And, and we haven't really gotten to that point yet where this is really a life and death situation. Healthcare, yeah, that's great. But what are you doing about your self-care? You can't wait. You know, you can start doing that now and it'll just really give you a buoyancy that nothing else will. There's no magic pill. It, it takes practice and dedication and that being able to slow down, you know, take the time. Music happens in time. You have to spend time with it. And, and interact with it consciously to really be able to uh, get the blessing out of it. Well, That's I'm, new for corporate not, America. You're not going to believe this, but our hour is almost up. I know. It goes by so quick. Will you come back? I'd love to. I, I have never spoken to a, a, a licensed bounty hunter before. <laughs> Well, and I want to want to continue the conversation. <laughs> well, I want you to come back because we didn't even touch on music and nursing homes and the effect on Alzheimer's patients and how it brings them to the to a point in their their life for just a moment and all the the veterans and how they can heal from it. If you will come back after the first of the year, I would be so honored because I have enjoyed this show. So, and we didn't talk about your books. Oh, no problem. We can we can get back together, Yvonne. I, I would love to speak with you again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, tell the folks where you can be found, how people get, can get in contact with you, where they can get your books, and um, hang on after the show goes offline because I'm going to tell you some things, but I do want to say thank you so, so very much for coming on the show with me. You're very welcome, Yvonne. And I'm really easy to find. Just go to musiccare.net, M-U-S-I-C-C-A-R-E.net, and you'll be able to find uh, the gateway to everything. Gateway to everything starts there. And, and ladies and gentlemen, this man is absolutely magnificent. He, I went and did a deep dive on him, and I have three hours worth of conversations that we could have. If you have not gone and looked him up, no, you can't go now. You got to wait. Listen to what he's telling you because you may be at a place in your life 
where you're at a crossroads and you may be thinking some things that you might not ought to be thinking, listen to what Bill is saying. Take the time to listen to the music. Right, Bill? I couldn't say it any better, Yvonne. That's that's awesome. Thank you. I don't know a whole lot about everything, but I know a little bit about some things. And music has been my music has been my my life raft. At my darkest periods, music was the only friend I thought I had. So I get it. And I thank you so, so much for reiterating what I have been saying for years. Make music a part of your life. Like eating, ladies and gentlemen, it's important. And with that, Bill has said he will come back because we're not done. We're going to get him a following on the show. We are not done here. I will bring him back after the first of the year. And um, I want to say thank you all for joining us at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. And there's a couple of things I say at the end of the show. One of them is we're all on a journey, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes that journey is a little bit difficult. When you're out and about and you're talking to strangers or you're on the phone with somebody and you're trying to solve a problem like tech support and somebody's really giving you a hard time, take the time to smile. Take the time to compliment them in some way because you don't know what journey they're on and what what burdens they're carrying. And if you take the time to say something positive to them, it makes a big difference. People will forget your name. They'll forget what you look like. They'll forget what you're wearing, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you've made them feel. And I, it is my hope and prayer that every one of you understand you're the most important person in this room tonight. My guest, my listeners, you're very important to me because this is your show, and I appreciate each and every one of you so much. Also, if you want to achieve greatness, stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. You're all great. Your children are great. Teach them that they are great. They are unique, and they are important, and they are the thread to our future. Go out and be great, and don't worry about those that don't want you to be great. Because the important thing is that you understand that you are great and you can do anything you want to do. Your children can do anything you want to do. Don't be afraid to try. And when all else fails, ladies and gentlemen, listen to music and be happy. And 30 seconds or less, have you got anything to add, Bill? Amen. (laughs) Okay, with that being said... Join us again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. I want to once again thank Bill Protzman for being so patient and for coming on this show tonight. Can't wait to get him back. Join us at 8 o'clock Eastern, Eastern Daylight Time tomorrow night here at Off the Chain. And understand that this is your show. It is not my show. It is your show. Y'all have made this show what it is, and I appreciate it on, on levels you will never understand. So. Tell everybody, keep sharing the show. Join us again tomorrow night. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, music man, Bill Protzman. And we wish you both a good night.
Okay, we are now off the air, and what I'm going to tell you is going to show up in the archive part of the show, but that's okay. When cool. when we get off from here and, and the show goes into archives, I'm going to put it on my page, and then I'm going to, if if it'll tag you, sometimes it will, sometimes it won't, but I'm going to get it on your page so that you can yeah, spread too. this show around. And then tomorrow, I will put it up on podcast.com, Podcast Garden, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation. Um, it goes up on YouTube, on iTunes, FM.com, two shows on iHeartRadio, Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason, and Off the Chain. It goes up on uh, Tune Radio. It goes up on Stitcher. When I put it up on the podcast, I will tag you in those podcasts. What happens is it goes from this show, it automatically integrates to some of the other podcasts. I don't have to put it up there. So it automatically goes up there. But right, I will yeah. tag you in the, in the podcast that I put it up on. And my gift to you as a great big thank you is you take these podcasts and put them on your website, share them with your network, share the show so that folks can see how wonderful you are and what you do. Oh, you bet. I certainly will. And I can't wait to do that because I've got you know a bunch of writers connections out there too and you've written a bunch of books so and I really appreciate that tip um, the, the one about the audiobook adopt a book uh, send yes. me the stuff on that because I want to get in I want to dial into that that's awesome okay I will do that I will send you that as soon as we get off um, okay. I'll send it to you in an email if you want me to oh sure and, that'd be great and I will also I'll send I will send you the links to the podcast and tonight's show in an email, too, just so, it, yeah, it may be double duty, but that's okay. That's fine. That I want it out there to as many people as will listen to it and have them share it because, who knows, we might save a life, Bill. I, I am so grateful, Yvonne. You're such a, a, a fan, and it just means so much to me to talk to you tonight. I can't tell you. Well, thank it's you. been one of those you. one of those days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know. And, I and bet you do. You have lifted me up. You have lifted me up tonight, and I appreciate it so so much. And likewise, likewise. I can't wait to bring you back because we still got veterans and Alzheimer's and dementia and children and animals and the books and your tango and the Good Men Project and all kinds <laughs> of so stuff to, to do. talk about. It's so it's so little time. <laughs> So I will send you some dates as well, and you tell me what's good for you, and we'll go ahead and get the show ready to set and um, get you back on here. Uh, I love it. I, I will any time you want me off the chain, I'll be there. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you again for taking the time out of your oh, life. And and please, please let your family know how much I appreciate them sharing oh, it with me for an hour. I, I'll pass it along. That means a lot. All right, my dear. And I will talk to you later. Very well. Have a great evening. You too, sweetheart. Good night.